Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Can I tell you to us, that doesn't seem like such a very big statement. Amen? Y'all awake this morning? Everybody ready this morning? Okay, let's make sure. See, to us, it's not that big of a statement. See, in our culture, I want you to understand this. In our culture, bread as a part of our meal just isn't a big deal. Come on, y'all. Amen? Bread in our culture is not a big deal. Bread is what they put at the end of the table, and you can take it or leave it. Amen? Bread is an extra. Bread is a freebie. (coughs) Excuse me. Bread is a freebie. Amen? Are y'all awake this morning? Okay. I feel like I'm going to... Listen, if you go into any restaurant, pretty much, if you go into any restaurant in, in America, pretty much, I mean most of them, you walk in, guys, listen, they just put the bread down for free. Amen? Now, come on, Restoration Church. Let's just be honest real quick. Maybe I'm the only one. How many of y'all was so broke... Y'all used to go to Olive Garden and order a Coca-Cola. Come on and eat the free breadsticks. Amen. Thank the Lord for free bread. Huh? I walked out there with a $1.49 bill and my belly was full on bread. Good Lord. Let's be honest. Am I the only one that's ever done that? Well, Lord, forgive me. I'm the only sinner in this church. Goodness gracious. Come on, y'all, tell the truth. Shame the devil. Y'all know y'all went and ate the free bread at Cracker Barrel because they give you them good little cornbread muffins. Never mind, I'm done with this. Listen, listen. Bread is a side dish. Bread is a side dish. Amen? It's not that big of a deal. Nobody goes to a steakhouse to eat their bread. Amen? Amen? All right. And yet Jesus said, and yet Jesus said, I am the bread of life. That's what he said. <laughs> Nobody goes to a steakhouse. Deep. Listen, there's a chain of restaurants down south called Lambert's. And I think me and Brad was talking about this the other day, which made me think about this. But there's a, there's a chain of restaurants down south. They're in Missouri. I know they got one in Branson, Missouri. You know, and I think in Foley, Alabama. Um, they got some, y'all, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so... So listen, and the thing, listen, that they're famous for at Lambert's is on their sign. I want you to look at this. It's Lambert's, and it says, home of the throw rolls. Okay. Now that there is some good Southern English. Y'all probably don't understand what that means. I'm from the other side of the Mason-Dixon line. Home of the throw rolls. Y'all, that's funny. Now, that's funny right there. That's Southern English. It says home of the throw, as in throwing, as in throwing. Home of the throw rose. Look at this. And what it's talking about is the owner of this restaurant, his name was Earl Lambert. And when he was starting this chain of restaurants, he was broke. He was busy. He didn't have no money to pay his employees. And he was the cook and the waiter. That's what happened. He was the cook and the waiter in the legend goes that he was cooking and he got real busy and then somebody yelled at him. And they have these fresh... Guys, listen. Hey, look at this picture right here. I'm going to tell y'all something. You don't get this big. They got these fresh yeast rolls, y'all, and it'll change your life. I'm not kidding you. They cake them with butter. Oh my God. You eat that? Okay. 
they got these fresh yeast rolls, and this is what they're famous for. They're fresh, and they cake these things with butter. Listen, and what happened is, is, is he was cooking, and, and he's super busy, and then somebody yelled at him, and they say, Hey, Earl, just throw me a roll. And he says, no. He says, look, I'm busy. I got to, you know, I'm doing it. And he said, I'll bring you one in a minute. And he said, no, don't worry about it. I know you're busy. Just throw me one. So he picked up a hot yeast roll when he threw it. I'm sorry. He picked up a hot yeast roll when he throwed it. <laughs> he throwed a piece of bread across the restaurant to the customer sitting at the table. And that began a tradition at Lambert's restaurant. True story. And if you ever go there, at some point, a man will come walking out from the back with a cart full of y'all. If y'all been there, you know what I'm talking about. At some point, if you go to this restaurant, a man will come walking out of the back with a cart full of these hot, delicious, beautiful rolls. And you just raise your hand. Listen, it is not a good time to be waving at the, your friend. Oh, you catch a roll to the head. Not a good time to wave at your friend. But if you ever go to that restaurant, at some point they will be rolling out a cart to you and you just raise your hand and they'll throw a roll. Amen. That's the part of the experience at Lambert's. But at Lambert's, no one goes just for the bread. Amen. Nobody goes for the bread. Listen, they go for the catfish. They go for the fried chicken. Come on, y'all. They go for the collard greens. They go for the black-eyed peas. They go for the stuff you folks don't know nothing about. And all the southern folks said amen. They go to Lambert's for some good southern cooking. Nobody goes to a restaurant to eat bread. Bread is just a side dish. Bread is an appetizer. Bread is just something that's there. You can just take it or leave it. Amen? That's where we're at. Now what's amazing is that in Jesus' culture, in Jesus' days, listen to this, bread was not a side dish, it was a main course. Amen? Bread was not a side dish, it was a main course. Okay, and bread is mentioned over 300 times in the Bible. Bread is mentioned over 300 times in the Bible. And it's amazing because we don't think of it that way. But what I'm going to do, I'm going to show you this morning. And if you'll take the time to study it, if you'll take the time to read it out, I'm going to show you and you're going to see that bread was not a side dish. Bread was not a side dish. Bread was something that it wasn't, it wasn't something that you just ate if you feel like it. Amen? Even in our time, bread is considered such a lesser thing in our diet. Right? It is. Somebody says of a prisoner, oh, they're living on bread and water. Right? What's the first thing you cut out if you're trying to lose weight? Because it's not a vital part of our diet. But when I think about what was taking place in this scripture, when I think about what was taking place, bread was the main dish. Amen. And this is what Jesus was saying. He was saying, I am the bread of life. He said, praise the Lord. He said, I am the bread of life. And what he was really saying is I'm not just a side dish in your life. What he was really saying is that I'm the main course in your life. Amen. He said, I am the bread of life. I'm not just a side dish. I'm not just a basket that you reach into once a week and pull out and eat on Sunday. That was a great spot. I wish you. 
He says, I'm not just a basket that you reach into and pull out and eat once a once, once an Sunday. He said, I am the bread of life. Amen. He said, I'm the bread of life. If bread was mentioned so many times in the Bible, listen, it's interesting how that it begins. Even in the book of Genesis, in the third chapter, the Bible says that when Adam came under the curse, listen, part of that curse, look at this, Genesis 3, verse 19. Part of that curse was that he would earn his wages by the sweat of his brow. I hate you, Adam. No, I'm kidding. Why did he do that to us men? Come on. Part of the curse was that he would make his living by the sweat of his brow. And by the sweat of his brow, what would he do? Come on, I didn't hear you. What would he do? From the very beginning of time, by the sweat of his brow, bread was established. Y'all ain't following me. From the very beginning of time, bread was established in that area, in that time, as the main meal. Do you understand what I'm saying? He says, by the sweat of your brow and the sweat of your face, ye shall eat bread. Meaning from the beginning, it was established. Then you read over in Genesis 19. Do you see this? When Lot was in the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, Lot was in the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, and the Bible says that, that two angels came by Sodom. They showed up, and Lot is bartering with these angels, and he's telling them, no, come in my house and stay. Come hang out with me. Come on. And they're like, oh, no. But he, look at this scripture right here in Genesis 19.3. But Lot insisted strongly. He says, no, come stay with me. So they turned and entered his house. Then he made them a feast. And then it tells you what that feast was. What was it? Two loaves of unleavened bread. It was two loaves of unleavened bread. And can you imagine coming home from work? You're tired. You've worked all day. Honey, I'm home. So glad you're home. I prepared a feast for you. Oh, yeah? I'm starving. I've been working all day. I haven't had time to eat. What'd you make? Bread. And bread. <laughs> like, <laughs> come on, y'all. He said, the Bible declared it as a feast. He said, I made a feast for you. Oh, great. I didn't. <laughs> that was called a feast in the scripture. Think about how many times that Jesus, the Bible says, broke bread. Think about it. He broke bread. Every meal, it seems like you read those words that he broke bread, that he broke bread, that he broke bread. Amen? The New Testament church went house to house breaking bread. That's what they did. And even when you read the story of the Last Supper, see, you see to them it wasn't a communion meal. It was supper. It was supper. Amen? And the only thing on the menu for the Last Supper was bread. Amen? It was bread because bread was the main thing. Bread was not a side dish or an appetizer. Bread was not an afterthought. Bread was not a take it or leave it. Can I tell you, bread was core, was essential to their, the, the core piece to their existence. You understand that? It wasn't a side dish. You could do without the meat. You could do without the vegetables. You could do it, but you could not do without the bread. Amen? Amen. It was a main course meal in Jesus' days. And that's what he was saying when he said, I am the bread of life. Amen? 
He said, I am the bread of life. Everything else on this table, you can push it off and clear the table. He said, but you put the basket of bread in the middle. He said, because I'm it. I'm the main course. I'm what churches are all about. I'm what conferences are all about. I'm what your preaching is all about. He said, I am the bread of life. I'm it. I'm it. I'm not an appetizer. I'm what these songs are all about. Come on, somebody. He said, I'm what these songs are about. I'm the bread of life. Amen. I'm the bread of life. That's what he said. So Tara and I have seven children. And... And I remember going on vacation. And listen, let me share it because all I'm going to say is to this day, if you ever go on vacation with seven children, <laughs> and to this day in my life, I still cringe when I pull up to a drive-thru. <laughs> Y'all have no idea. You parents that only got one or two kids, God bless you. You get everything down right. You got it memorized. Who wants pickles? Who don't want onions? Who wants this? Who don't want this? Who gets up? Who don't want this? All this stuff. You get up there. I'm telling y'all, listen to me. Can I say this? Am I the only one who questions their salvation when they're in McDonald's <laughs> drive-thru? Am I not? I'm serious. I have so much trauma from these little heathens. I'm telling you. Listen, I, you go through all the, you got everything and you're telling them, shut up. Don't say a word. I've got it memorized. I pull up the drive-thru. And you get through all this, and what's the last thing they say? You want an apple pie with that? And it sets off a chain reaction. And I'm like, why would you ask that? Listen, and then it sets off a whole nother. Those words always come back, would you like a hot apple pie with that? See, sometimes I wonder if Jesus comes to our church and he says through the preaching. Because what you have to understand, guys, listen, is the question, would you like an apple pie with that? Is an acknowledgement by that restaurant that this is not our main course. Amen. Amen. This is not what we're famous for. We're famous for cheeseburgers. We're famous for french fries. The very fact that they have to ask you, would you like a hot apple pie with that? Means it's an extra thing. It's an extra thing. It's a side dish. It's something on top of what I really came for. I really came here for this. Come on. But would you like this to go with this? So I wonder if Jesus sometimes comes in our service and he hears my preaching and he hears the singing and he hears everything that we're, that we're doing. I wonder if he wants to ask would you like a little God with that? Amen. You're preaching real good, but would you like a little bit of God with that? You guys are singing real, real good, but would you like some God with that? Because sometimes, church, listen to me, we get so busy in life. We're busy driving kids to school. We're busy working. We're busy doing this. We're busy paying bills. We're busy going over here. We're busy doing this, going, calling. We're building a church. We got visions. We got dreams. And God's sitting back saying, would you like a little bit of God with that? Because you get so busy. And then Jesus ain't the main thing no more. He's not the, amen. Are y'all following me this morning? Because what he's saying is you get so busy. Would you like a little bit of God with that? Come on, y'all. 
You're busy getting married. You're busy getting engaged. Have his children. And, and I think he would like to just stop us for a minute and say, would you like a little bit of God with that? Just slow down for a minute. Just stop for a minute. Because by the way, I'm not a side dish. Come on, I'm not a side salad. He said, I'm not something out there that you can just take or leave. He said, I am the main thing. I'm the bread of life. He said, I am the bread of life. Come on. I can do without a lot of things. Amen? I can do it without a lot of things. House or no house, I need Jesus. Job or no job, I need Jesus. I got to have Jesus. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying this morning? Sometimes we're trying to get this degree. Sometimes we're trying to get this education. Sometimes we're trying to build this life. These are all great. These are all good. They're all powerful. Amen. But Jesus is not a side dish. He's the main course. You can chase all of this stuff and forget about the main course. Can I tell you something? It's bread. It's all about bread. Everybody say bread. bread. I know that don't make much sense in our culture right now. But it's about bread. Well, we got talent. Okay, well, there's something greater than talent. Bread. Well, we've got there. There's something. Listen, there's something greater than professionalism. It's bread. And you don't have to give up one to have the other. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for that arousing applause. I appreciate it. Professionalism's great. Degrees are great. Jobs are great. Careers are great. Houses are great. But you don't have to give up one to have the other. Amen. Jesus is the main course. He's the bread of life. And all this will be added unto you. Amen. You don't have to give up one to have the other. But you will give up one to have the other if you ain't careful. Amen. You'll forget all about this. And you'll be gone. You don't have to give up one to have the other. Our main thing is bread. Every service, we need bread. Jesus is the main course at Restoration Church. Hallelujah. Jesus is not a side dish at this church. It don't matter what you have. Your building can be spotless. Your toilets can be clean. It doesn't matter. Everything that you're doing can be excellent. But if we're not giving them a big dose of daily bread in Jesus' name, if we're not doing that, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Amen. The main course is Jesus. 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 Everybody say Jesus. We must become obsessed with that. We must become obsessed with that. Not only is this service to be full of him. Listen carefully. I want you to catch this. Okay. In Acts chapter 16. Read it. I want you to read this later. In Acts chapter 16. The Bible talks about Paul and Silas being in prison. And the Bible says that when they were in prison, listen, the earthquake happened. The earthquake happened. Y'all remember the story, every door was opened? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Jail shook, the earthquake happened, whatever. The doors are open. The chains fell off. But there's something amazing in this story that you will read right over and you will not catch it if you're not careful. I'm going to show it to you. In Acts chapter 16, you'll look right over this. It says that every prison door was open. And the jailer, it says when the jailer saw what was happening, he became nervous because he knew that all of his prisoners were going to escape because the doors were open. 
all of his prisoners were going to run, and he became nervous and scared, and the Bible says that he was about to fall on his own sword and commit suicide. Read it. And Paul said to him in Acts 16, 28, I want you to see this. Paul called out with a loud voice. He said, do not harm yourself. Watch this. Listen to these words. For we are all here. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. There were murderers in that prison. There were rapists in that prison. I'm just telling you. There were thieves and liars and unbelievably vile people that were in that prison. But can I tell you something? When God showed up and even when the doors were open, there was such an attraction in that place. There was so much going on in that place. There was so much bread in that place. He said, you ain't going to get rid of us. He said, we found something here that we've been looking for our whole life. And we ain't going nowhere. The doors. Listen, you will read. Why don't you won't understand it? Listen, the doors were open even though we could leave if we wanted to. We ain't going nowhere. There's so much bread here. He said, there's so much life here. There's so much what we've been searching for. We're not leaving. We ain't leaving even if the doors are open. Come on, somebody. There's so much here. The prisoners, listen, they could leave, and they didn't want to. And can I tell you, when we get full of him, we don't have to worry about the world. Come on, y'all. We don't have to worry about nothing because all of those prisoners were attracted to the presence of God, and even though they could leave, they wouldn't. Amen. Thank you. I worked really hard for that point. <laughs> Even though they could leave, they wouldn't. Can you think about that? They wouldn't. We need bread in every service. Y'all, we not, not only bread in every service, listen to me, we need bread in our homes. We need bread in our families. Y'all, we need Jesus, the bread of life. We need Jesus every day, the bread of life. You need bread in your marriage. You see, you'll never be the husband, the dad, the mom, the wife that you're supposed to be until Jesus is the center of that home, until Jesus is the main course of that home and not just a side dish, until Jesus is the main course of your family and not just a side dish, until Jesus is the main course of your marriage and not just a side dish. Until Je and it's not enough, guys, listen to me. To go to church and just have church at church. Come on, y'all. It's not enough to just go to church and just have church at church. You need to learn how to bring church home to your house. Amen. You need bread in your home. I want to ask you a question if you're a parent. I want to ask you a question if you're a parent. How do you expect your kids to fall in love with something that you criticize? How do you expect your children and your kids to fall in love with something that you criticize? So when you go home, make sure you don't criticize the church. Make sure you don't criticize the singing and the preaching and the music and because your family will not, won't listen. We don't need to take the bad stuff home from church. Amen? Amen. Are you following me? I don't care what church you go to. 
You don't take the bad stuff home from church and bring it into your house because I want my children to love church. I want my children to love God. I want my children to love the preachers. I want my children to love the authority. I want my children to love the leaders. And your kids will never love what you continually criticize. They won't. Your children will never love what you continually criticize. Can I tell you, we got to get some bread in our house, guys. We got, thank you. We've got to get bread in our house. The Bible says that the Israelites were in the wilderness. Listen, there was approximately 2 million of them. They were in the wilderness. God fed them every day with manna. Every day, fresh manna. Bread from heaven came down from heaven. And as God would feed them, listen, God would feed them full, the Bible said. God would feed them full. But here's the key to that miracle. God did not put the bread in their tent. Amen? Amen. Listen, here's the key to that miracle. God being who he is, he could have caused that manna to float down and he could have made it go through the tent and he could have landed it right on their plate if he wanted to. Amen? He's God. He could have done whatever he wanted to. Amen, y'all? But he didn't do that. He didn't do that. He said to the leaders... He said to the parents, he said to the men, where's my men at? Where's my dads at? Where's my leaders at? Where's my men at in this church? Here's what he said. Look at the scripture right here in Exodus 16, 16. Let every, what? Listen, this is the thing which the Lord commanded. Let every man gather it according to each one's need. One omer for each person. That's what According to the number of persons, let every take for those who are in his tent. Come on, y'all. He said, if you want bread in your house, it's not somebody else's responsibility to put bread in your house. It's your responsibility to go out and get bread and bring it back to your house. It is not somebody else's responsibility to bring bread to your house. You better go and get your own bread. Amen? You got to go outside of your tent, get the bread, and take it into your house. Amen. I'm not going to put bread in your house for you, God said. The only bread that your family will have is the bread that you bring back home into your house. That's my challenge for you. The only bread you're going to have in your house is the bread you go get and bring back. And I want to ask every father in this room, are you the breadwinner of your family? Are you the breadwinner of your family? Meaning this, when your children need prayer, are you the first one they come to? Are you the first one they think of? Dad's the breadwinner. He's the spiritual head of this home. Dad knows how to pray. Dad knows the word of God. When they have spiritual questions, are you the breadwinner, fathers? I'm preaching to myself right now. Come on, I need help in this area too. Are you the breadwinner of your father? When your children have questions, can they come up and say, I can ask dad if I have a spiritual question. When your children need prayer, are they coming up to the breadwinner? Are they coming up to you, dad? And they're saying, you're the breadwinner of my family. Let every man... Men, listen to me. Pray with your children. Do your children have enough confidence in your walk with God that they see you as the breadwinner? Does your wife have enough confidence in your walk? Come on, somebody, help me preach this right. 
Because I'm not just preaching to y'all. I'm preaching to myself. I'm here to tell you right now, does your wife have enough confidence in your walk that she sees you as a breadwinner? Amen? Come on. Preaching to myself right now. Help me be better, Lord. Help me be better. Help me be better. Come on, watch this now. Watch this. The Bible says the bread was fresh every single day. If it wasn't, it would get worms in it and stink. Amen? Every 24 hours, they had to go out and get fresh bread. Can I tell you, yesterday's bread had worms in it. And Lord, I want you to help me. I want you to help me right now portray this to somebody. Because I feel like there's somebody in here who's living off of yesterday's bread. Amen. Come on, somebody. I feel like there's somebody in here today who is living off of yesterday's bread. It's got worms in it. Can I tell you, it's eroding right now as you sit here. If you are living off of a past experience, we need a fresh touch today. Come on, somebody. We need a fresh touch today. You need a fresh slice of bread today. Fresh bread. That's why Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth it is a give us today our daily bread. That's why he prayed that. Give us this day our daily bread. Amen. That's why he prayed that. Would you like some God with that? Would you like some God with that? Would you like some Jesus with that this morning? You want a hot apple pie? Huh? Y'all want a hot apple pie? Would you like some Jesus with that? Amen. We need you today, Jesus. We need you today, Jesus. And as we get ready to take communion together here in a few minutes, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Can I tell you we need some fresh bread today? We need some fresh bread today. Amen. We need some fresh bread today. And maybe you're in here this morning. And you say, Pastor, Jesus has always just been a side dish in my life. I know I'm not right with God. Or maybe you're living off of yesterday's bread. Maybe that's you this morning. And you're in here living off of a past experience. Maybe you're in here this morning and you need a fresh touch. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads right now. And as we prepare for communion, I want you to reflect a little bit this morning. If you know you need Jesus as the Lord of your life, as the main course of your life, your family, your marriage, your home, your job, as a main course, if that's you, this is your service.